Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone, that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery and we have another great show lined up for you today. A little later we'll hear from former Leinster and Ireland lock Mike McCarthy. And we'll also talk to Rory O'Connor, Irish Independent Rugby Correspondent who's over in South Africa chronicling one of the more unusual tours of recent times. But I'm also joined in studio as always by Luke Fitzgerald. The ever-present, very unlike my rugby career. <laughs> have, you, have you been basking in the glow of the left wing skyrocketing straight to the top of the iTunes podcast charts in week one? We're, and we don't look very humble now that we've mentioned that. But look, it was it was a good start. Uh, I think we've got a really interesting guest coming on. Uh, be prepared for a few um, a, a few interesting comments here and there from Mike. He's an interesting character, a lot of fun. Uh, he'll be a big loss to the Leinster changing room this year. Uh, but he's got an interesting story to tell. Uh, and I'm hoping we can, we can kind of get that out of him, Will, uh, like we got with Shoney, I suppose. Before we talk ourselves up too much for, for our <laughs> great first week performance, I must confess to the listener that thankfully we ran over time. So we had to cut a five minute segment where I talked up the South African rugby team <laughs> ahead of their most humiliating defeat, uh, I would say, of the last 100 years. And I think I was so enthusiastic about them and you got enthusiastic about them. So we just ended up. I'm blaming pra- you. I'm blaming yeah, we you ended up just praising South Africa. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I take uh, no responsibility for that. That was all Will's doing. He built me up. I got excited about them as well off the back of that. Wait until and... we see what they do in November against Ireland <laughs> well, before uh, completely look, slating I, me. I still think, I think Rassi Erasmus is a guy who we'd be talking a little bit about obviously because Munster had a, had a good win um, over in the Liberty Stadium which is always a tough place to go uh, he's got he's an interesting talking point this year in Irish rugby so he'll be coming up quite a bit I think he's really good um, I think that's the that's the common consensus around the place. He's going to be the director of rugby. They're going to. But I think they, he'll get them moving in the right direction. And I think we we did have a view. Like obviously got cut out, but we were talking about World Cup down the line, and yeah. they usually get the timing right for that. Um, will they be successful up here? Uh, I still think it'll be a tight game. You know, South African packs are always difficult to get. Um, you know. We're talking them up again. You do we are talking. I realize we've, I've just fell into the same trap as, as last week. No, but I think like they will be difficult to, to dominate. I don't think you know New Zealand. Are, you know they're so expansive. Um, they've got threats all over the pitch. They're hard to contain when they're playing that quality of rugby. And uh, now I think the, the defense now is really really poor. But I expect Rassi to get that sorted pretty quickly. They have the guys to do it. Um, but I think it, when it comes to the, the November internationals, I think that'll be a tough enough match for Ireland because I don't think we're as expansive as, as New Zealand. We don't have as many threats out wide. I think that's fair enough to say um, a South African win would save my credibility so I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, we can't hope for that <laughs> um, no but look I think it's good, that's going to be an interesting match I think they'll get better it'll be tighter the weather conditions won't be as good so uh, that'll be an interesting one before we move on and play our, our, our two interviews uh, just a bit, of, a bit of show business obviously Luke has joined the real world now he's working in AIB so I was a one man left wing team down at the National Plowing Championships <laughs> today uh, you know promoting our show to a farming community who I don't know how much interest they have in rugby but there was a lot of people there while I talked to Jamie Heaston and Tony Ward, which you might be able to hear next week. 
Yeah, look, that's great to hear. And I think, um, like I said, we're going to try and get a, as big, uh, you know, as big a variety on the show as possible, hear from lots of different people. That's the idea. Uh, and we want it to be kind of relaxed so we can get, I suppose, good content and interesting content from, from everyone. I think everyone, you know, when people are relaxed, I think you do get a bit more, a few more insights that possibly you mightn't get um, if it's, you know, in, in a kind of tighter, kind of stricter, um, I suppose, setting. And you've been to the playing championships. That was a shock. I have that been was, to the that playing was, championships. That, that be, yeah. That's going to be revealed. Colin Lucas Trail no, has been I, to I the playing right championships. I fit right in. I had my welly boots. I, I fit right in down there. Um, it's an amazing thing to see. Well, how did you get on? You're not you're not that far removed from me. <laughs> well, that's a <laughs> you're massive, a rat man. I'm not even going to respond to that. Uh, well, it was my first time wearing Wellington boots since 2009 at Oxygen, so it, it was a bit out of practice. You're exactly the same as me. I was in the exact same. Situation. I looked like I was walking on roller skates. Yeah, well, I People can't did say I looked like a kind of a seasoned farmer. Like maybe did you not have you. a paddy cap with you. Did you I did your... no, no, not like you at the Aviva. We're on what was Sean O'Brien. I like a paddy cap here and there. Luke Healy Ray. You should have brought one. It would have. Yeah, exactly. I, I think one Ray was down there. I, I see Kieran Donny. I think picked him up. He, his car broke down I the way down there. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, did you get to beat him? I didn't know. The only oh, well, we're I, trying to make. I just, I just after telling the audience here that we're trying to get a big variety of people on. He would have been someone that would have been interesting. He probably is a rugby well, scholar. Well, Jamie he said he would come on, so that was the bit Good, of schmoozing okay, so I did. Well, I've already done the schmoozing for you there. So yeah, okay, I, you did lay the groundwork. It was but an I, easy sell. I closed the deal though. You know, you, there enough, needs to be okay. some sort of deal closing as well. You're the closer. Fine. Brilliant. Okay, we're now going to talk to Ireland and Leinster lock, or former Ireland and Leinster lock, I should say, Mike McCarthy. He actually, boy, just so you know, if he calls himself Karen. Um, anything like along those lines if he starts yelling peas, cheese, knees anything like that just be aware be ready for this guy a he's, parental advisory content is that what uh, not parental advisory no he's always very PG um, but just be careful don't be thrown Will I, I, I'm used to it <laughs> I'm used to it okay well the man himself is sitting across from me now Mike I know before you had to retire unfortunately through injury you had agreed a deal to go to Narbonne in the south of France so that was obviously a very exciting opportunity that you were looking forward to. Have you maybe come to terms now at this stage with missing out on it? Obviously, I was getting a bit old, 35, but uh, you know, I'd hope to play for another couple of years like Rossi, who's who obviously got Never to 37. Ending, yeah. And he's come out of retirement already. So play for, <laughs> he's already playing for Manor High, genuinely. Yeah. Player coach. Yeah, yeah. Is he player coach? I think that's what I saw. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, mixture of the feelings, like, you know, happy, sad, like looking forward to the future, but, you know, ultimately going to miss it big time because... Uh, you know, it's been a part of my life for the last 17 years playing professionally and, uh, you know, suddenly it's like turning off the light switch. Yeah, it I is, man. Honestly, on that and that stuff with uh, with Mike, and he kind of touched on it there, like it's it's such a big transition, especially someone like you, Mike, who would have been like an incredible trainer, like almost military precision with diet, yeah. well, from time to time. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a scone or two <laughs> then yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in Berman here and there. No, but I think you would have been a guy who would took your training very seriously. And obviously for, your, for that position, I mean, those guys, they're, you, know, you just have to, you don't survive in there if you're not super fit, uh, very strong and all that. So, like, how have you found that? How have you found, like, say, um, you know, waking up every day, doing the yeah. same thing, knowing what you're doing, like focusing on your diet? Yeah. Now you're that's kind of all gone, and you're kind of able yeah. to, to get a chance, I suppose, to relax. Do you, do you find that difficult, or yeah, a bit, a bit. It's hard to relax. It is. It's like I'm I'm itching to do stuff. Like so, I went away on holiday for four weeks. Went to Mallorca with the family, which I do I do every summer anyway. But you know, after about two weeks, I was getting that itchy feeling where I felt like, oh, I need to get up. I need to go and do some training. I need to watch <laughs> what I'm eating. Some hill runs, or... yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> normally after two weeks, I, I I could relax for two weeks. And then after that, I'd be like, oh, I need to do some training. I need to get my diet right. But in my head, I was saying, I'm not going back for pre-season, but it's kind of ingrained in you. But uh, yeah, I found that quite difficult. Um, but I suppose you're told every day where to be, when to be there, what to wear, that schedule, that routine. And 
you know, not having that now is it is a bit strange, especially because I haven't started a full time job, which I'll hopefully be starting now in October. But yeah. so I've had, I've been driving the missus and the baby, the baby up the walls. So, uh, oh, man, I tell so, you, I was yeah. in the exact same boat, Will. I, you know, you're just kind of finding jobs to do. You know, it's it's trying to keep yourself busy for you know, because I mean, while being a, a pro rugby player, it's not mad time consuming, but you're kind of exhausted by the bit of work that you're doing every day because yeah, yeah. that's obviously the job is to be training hard and to keep, you know, to be keeping fit and stuff like that. Bar close to the games where you're getting ready for them. But, like, you, you just don't have that. So you're kind of yeah. like, I was really at a loss. I ended up, like, offering to do odd jobs for people, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 like gardening like a handyman, like, yeah. I've done, I've done, <laughs> handyman, what I are you doing? Been, mate, I, I could have been doing Listen, I, I was, my, my actually, <coughs> I would have helped my girlfriend every now and then. She was in work, she was kind of, she was doing an internship at the time and like she was a, uh, she might've been looking for help with something that she couldn't get her hands on. Like, weird things. It was in like an advertising company and uh, I'd be like, listen, I'm around. I can go get that for you. you know what I mean? Let me see if I can be checking all the shops online. I was like, oh, listen, don't worry. Got that sorted for you. Uh, what a you boyfriend. Know. Well, <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know about that, but um, been, I, I tried to be. I've, I tried been, to be. I've been mowing the lawn and doing a bit of DIY. Yeah. Even bought a strimmer off Dundeal. So God <laughs> keep an looking, eye out, neighbours. God is looking great. So, yeah. You're giving us an eye-opening yeah, picture yeah, into yeah. life and retirement. Well, it's, yeah. I, genuinely though, and, and on a serious note, it is a really difficult thing and everyone is very different and deals with it different ways uh it's a serious issue for guys who are easy i suppose with the amateur era guys had a career so you were kind of plugged into i suppose normal every day you know nine to five uh you know kind of the grind of that and you were kind of used to it and you had something to fall back on if things went wrong for your rugby wise but with the onset of professionalism you know i think it's become an awful lot more difficult for people to integrate in uh, i know i found that myself uh, and i'd be interested to hear mike's take on it but that would be the view and i think as well you find it with a lot of soccer players you know a lot of rugby players um, a lot of people who you know really they, they miss the kind of the routine and um, it must have been harder for you though lukey because you retired at 27 so i'm at least i'm 35 you had well, a thanks little, I, was, uh, I was a little yeah. older than that but uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, 20, oh, yeah. I was 29 i was 29 yeah mac it's you had a, you had a lot more 28 to achieve. Sorry, you had a lot more to achieve in the game so at least I was a, an, an old fella coming yeah to the but end. I still think that, I don't know I mean I, I suppose we were, we were going to ask you about that as well mm. um, you know obviously you know I, I had a great career 10 years I got started early yeah. which was nice and I got to play at you know at a very high level you know pretty much straight away I was really lucky that way mm. um, and, and I suppose I got to achieve you know what? You know some of the goals, some of the really you know big goals straight away, and that maybe lessened the blow for me. Well, starting early meant you probably had the similar length of a career that a lot of other players would have had. Absolutely, most people break yeah. in 21, 22, 23. You broke in at eighteen. Yeah, well, in my head, I was able to rationalise that out, and I was able to say, "Well, look, I, you know, I have had a great career, achieved a lot of the things that I wanted to achieve." Obviously, you're one hundred percent right, Mike. There was definitely periods where, um, you know, you, you definitely feel like there's that little bit of. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a little bit. Of, I was a little bit unfulfilled with how things had gone. I feel like you know I, I spent a huge portion of my career injured. Uh, you know where you're always. I was always coming back from an injury. I never got any you know consecutive kind of seasons in a row to really bed in and to play really well. To have that match fitness where it's just good to go. Where you're coming into a preseason where you're really fresh after a really good season. I, I'd never got one of those kind of periods like a three or four year period where I've seen other people get. And I always said, geez, I really feel like I would have really reached my potential. You know, well, what I feel my, my potential was if I got an opportunity like that. So there is that side of it, and that was difficult for me. But in other ways, I was, I was able to be pragmatic about it and say, well, look, 
you know, I'm, I'm 29, I, I, you know, it's probably a lot more difficult and Michael probably shed some light on, you know, if you've got a young family, uh, different things like that, that's probably a bit more pressure if you're trying to get into a work environment and I suppose if you're a little bit later getting to the work environment. Yeah, Mike, obviously I, I read your kind of exit interview on the Leinster website when you had to retire and you, yeah. you kind of mentioned that you kind of had already picked out houses in France and your whole family was really excited. So you just kind of came at you out of nowhere. So did you have any kind of planning or thought put into what you were going to do? You know, as yeah. Luke said, you have a young family. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it was a shock because, as I said, although I was 35 and, you know, I'm old bugger, but, um, <laughs> you know, I know locks can play to a, an older age because mm. they don't need any pace and all that. But uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I was 35 and I'd signed a two-year in, in France for Narbonne and, um, you know, I thought 35, two years, I've been an offer to two, a two-year, so, you know, to snap it up, basically what I was thinking. So uh, I'd handed my lease in, uh, I'd organised the removals, um, paid a deposit on a, I found a house, uh, Jamie Hagan was actually playing over in Bézier. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, he, I couldn't get over to look at this house so he went and did like um, a little video from, for you. Yeah, Snapchat story. Yeah, Snapchat story. So videoed it and yeah. sent it over, and I agreed to that house. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was it was a, it was a shock because then I had the injury in in training and uh, it was worse than first actually first thought. Um, so that dragged on a bit. Uh, failed my medical, got advised to retire. So it did. I was planning for going to France for two years, and then it suddenly was 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 cut short. So um, yeah, I did. I I wasn't really. Although, as I said, I was old. I wasn't really too prepared for it. So I just finished a course at Dublin Business School because, you know, IRUPA support us and mm. they kind of encouraged me to do a course. So I did a, um, a, a, a diploma in professional sales. So I just finished that. And um, But then, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was literally last day at Leinster. Took me ages to leave the place. They had to kick me out <laughs> in the end. I, uh, caused a bit of damage, nicked my little name plaque off the locker and everything. So, uh, but yeah, no, it is. It's, it's uh, strange when you're gone. It certainly is. And one thing that you also mentioned that kind of you wouldn't really think about ordinarily is that you kind of missed out on your last game in a sense because you didn't yeah. know it was going to be your last game. Yeah, you didn't yeah. get that kind of yeah. farewell send-off that, you know, maybe Brian Driscoll yeah. got or somebody who's other oh, yeah. players. That was never-ending. <laughs> yeah, think, that was a season. <laughs> It was, was like an 80 foot floating head of Drico going around the Aviva. I don't think that was for the likes of Well, Mike might have got that. I'd say it probably was. But even, <laughs> even so, he would have gotten a good send of the RDS. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely, that was something yeah. also that you yeah. kind of felt, oh, I missed out on yeah. that too. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't feel too bad about that. But like Scarlet's at home was my last my last game. Uh, not not you know not the, the semi final, but like way before that. So um, yeah, I think back and it's kind of weird to think that that was my last game and I didn't realise it was my last game. So, yeah, I would have loved to have played on for a bit longer. But, you know, as I was coming to the end the last couple of years, uh, kind of really since that um, second game in Six Nations a couple of years ago against France, when I got stretched off with a bad concussion. I got stood down for six months. And it kind of just seems from that point on, it was, yeah, I've been very lucky in my career injury-wise. And then seemed from that point on, um, just my luck had probably run out and uh, a number of things started Niggles started backing up, and then you know finally the the, the last draw was the the elbow. So it's funny that way, isn't it? Like it, yeah. it, it just because obviously I had a very similar experience yeah. where it's just it's almost like a yeah. snowball effect. You get exactly, one, yeah. um, and I, I always think it's yeah. kind of the body as well. Yeah. It kind of starts, it, not that it starts shutting down, but it starts especially when you get one bad one. 
it, your body starts allowing in different ways and overcompensating. So? Like, like, it starts overcompensating. Even the shoulder and the knee. Well, man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's amazing. Like I went to the, the, and where I, this really became prevalent to me. Um, was out in Santry the you know and the king out there is running like this kind of sports science uh, centre out there really kind of high tech stuff I think it, originally it had been for um, you know people with ACLs or cruciate ligaments uh, to the layman and um, you know it was for groin injuries he was kind of specifying these two areas as the, the areas sorry he was going to specify in these two areas and as it turns out he ends up kind of doing a full kind of work up, you know, it's almost like bringing a car in for an NCT. And, naked and all yeah, that. The whole, the works, the works, Maka. And, and I'm telling you, like the way, he, the way he was able to explain how different things, you know, something, so a muscle's tight here, this is going to affect how you move here, all sorts of different things like that. It made me kind of realise, like I had, I had an inkling about it anyway, you know, especially when you get a bad knee injury somewhere, you're kind of saying, oh, well, then I got something on the other knee. It's because your right leg ends up taking up more slack to try and help it out. Your body is amazing how it tries to help you, you know, accommodate different difficulties and, and yeah, compensate yeah. How, how you get different things. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised to hear you say yeah. that. I would have had similar experiences in my career well, and definitely... I found it quite hard to deal with because, as I said, I hadn't had any injuries really all throughout my career, you know, played... Week in, week out for Connor. Did you play. have you some crazy record, like a consecutive matches or something? You've like, um, or did you get to something uh, like uh, you have two hundred and fifty caps or something? Three hundred and something professional games, but. Yeah, I got, I've obviously done my, my homework yeah. here. Well, I wasn't going to join <laughs> That's you. That's your was, job. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to help you now. No, honestly, you, 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 you're would, would you be one of the highest? You've oh, one of the highest caps in the, in the comp, I, I think. I'd be up there, but I wouldn't be... I, I, yeah, yeah, incredible record, yeah. in fairness. Um, Testament to, but, to how professional but, you were. But, um, like, yeah, so played week and week out for Connor, played week and week out for Newcastle, then, uh, you know, when I was at Leinster, played week and week out, and then, you know, once I started having those injuries, I found that quite hard to deal with because I'd mm. never had them throughout my career. And then just suddenly it was that, that snowball effect and... You know, it's a it's a pretty dark place as you as you well know. Mm-hmm. So I came to terms with how I kind of I kind of felt bad for during my career, not realizing it, how bad it is for lads who are out injured. It is it is a dark place. You kind of you don't you, you don't although, even train with everyone. Yeah, you're and, at different and, and, times. And although, yeah. although the lads, you know, you have the bands with the lads, you just don't feel part of it because you're not yeah. like you feel like you're not. Um, uh, adding something you feel like yeah, you're not adding yeah, value because yeah, you're not on the yeah, pitch yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's uh, funny in Paul O'Connor's yeah. book even he speaks of that same thing like he felt kind of guilty if he would give guys bollockings while he was injured because he, he couldn't contribute himself and that's yeah. coming from maybe the top player and like yeah, so if he's yeah. feeling it oh, well I think that's the, like yeah. definitely I, I couldn't agree with you more it's a really difficult part of being of playing sports even at, at, at other levels you know what when you're just playing amateur you're going down Tuesday Thursday nights down in I don't know Black Rock or wherever you're going like I think it is difficult, you know, especially if you're a leader, I think it's even more difficult because you want to be adding value, as, as Mike says, or, you know, you want to be seen to be adding value. And if you're not seen to be doing it in, you know, the kind of physical way by, you know, showing up at the matches, um, you know, playing in the matches and performing there, you know, it's really difficult, you know, you know you're not supposed you're not yeah, paid yeah. to be a yeah. motivator, you know, yeah. even though that's a job role for someone like, you know, Paul O'Connell or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think the the really difficult part of it is actually the the different errors to the group. So you straight away, you're kind of left to your own devices to a certain extent. Cabin fever. There is a bit of, yeah. <laughs> there is cabin fever. No, yeah. it is because you're stuck in there and oftentimes your training sessions are longer and tougher uh, than the guys who are playing because you're obviously, you know, you're only, you don't have to play at the weekend. So you do more sessions and it can be very yeah. difficult and a lonely place mm-hmm. to be, definitely. It's, it's not all doom and gloom though. I mean, there's mm. lots of positives. There's lots of things I don't miss. So, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. talk to us about the positives of oh, being oh, a retired so, player. Yeah. Well, the positives are like not having to do a Dexter. So get your body fat checked every 
every few weeks. So that's that's a positive. I never worried about that towards the end, Mecca. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't either. <laughs> I was a but, bit uh, of a tub. <laughs> yeah, you know, everything monitored. Yeah. So even when you're in the gym, yeah. you know, like to have the big screen up, like who's lifting the heaviest, the most powerful, like everything, your weight, how you're feeling, everything's monitored. So. Uh, you know, don't you know? It's nice to have a bit of a switch off pressure. We're going to have a point well. tonight after this, will. Yeah. So that's not. They wouldn't be doing that if you were we're playing. Put the world to right. We're going to put the world to right, Gary. <laughs> Easy, Karen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So for for you, what what did you find a positive about stepping away? If yeah, any. Yeah. Look, I think a lot. A lot of working the same with me things, besides. Uh, that's obviously one of the <laughs> a nice little ad. Um, but I, look, what I, what I do like, I like the, the bit of freedom. Uh, I like having the weekends back. Yeah. That's that is nice. Um, and I suppose like I wouldn't have been like I kind of alluded to it earlier on. Like Mike would have been like kind of fairly military precision in terms of diet, training, things like that. He would have been, but I was a bit more relaxed about that, especially when I got uh, you know a little bit later in my career where you know I was it sounds kind of weird but I ended up kind of taking the foot off the pedals a little bit because I really did feel like especially training wise uh, I got I tried to be really really smart about how I trained because I felt I was kind of with the amount of time I've been injured in games and the amount of time I'd spent out I kind of felt it was unforgivable to get injured training for me um, and, and I, I kind of I went a little gentler towards the end of my career I'd say in, in how I trained so I suppose that was a, probably a difference that both of us have, but I still would have been fairly, I would have done way more rehab and prehab than other people. I like, was in getting myself prepared. I would, have, I would have had to have done that. That was kind of a non-negotiable for me with all the injuries. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, I think um, getting, getting into normal routine is quite nice. I mean, it is tough. There's a grind yeah. element to it, but... Don't um, miss playing zebra away and dragons away and... I think all coffee yeah, and yeah, Padua are quite yeah, nice yeah. every now and then, or maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, but I, there don't are, miss the, reviews either. The reviews yeah. can be tough at times, and it's, it it is a no holds barred environment in terms of giving feedback. That is yeah. something that you come into a workplace for the first time. Um, you have to. You, there is no. There is no HR department there. There probably is, but yeah. you don't get to see them there. So. And are these Joe Schmidt specific reviews or reviews in general? <laughs> Just reviews in general. You know, I think if you want to be, and we were lucky, we were both involved, and and, and Mike was obviously involved with, with Connacht and, and Newcastle as well, but. Um, in Leinster especially you know it, when, from when I was there I had Cheka, um, you know I had uh, Joe Schmidt Matt O'Connor as well who's a guy who took a lot of criticism but he could be extremely cutting in a review as well I think those guys um, you, ha you have to kind of get used to them because the environment was so you know drilled and, and focused towards Get it, you know, being the best it could be. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's a, an environment there where you have to be open to getting feedback and also to give feedback, and it makes it quite a, a harsh and cutting environment. Uh, and that is something that you know that uh, you know, not that I'll miss it. I never really found it that tough, uh, usually because I was talking and, and giving a bit of guff to people. But um, no, and it's in a serious thing. Like it is something that I would like. Like I think it's you know, in workplaces, people can be a little bit too sensitive to getting feedback. I think I kind of feel like it's a crucial element to getting better. Um, but that's something that I will miss and something that I did like about the environment as well. It's kind of hard to gauge. But you didn't like it, Mike? You didn't like the review sessions? Or was that a joke? Oh, well, some of them some of them, some of them, were obviously shocking. I remember going into Carton House once and uh, uh, Sean Croner found this hilarious. We went, into, we went into Carton House. I think we met on a Sunday, Sunday night. And um, you go in, you kind of hang around a bit in the, in the, the big conference room and then the, there's like the big screen there. And then Joe had his first clip up and uh, <laughs> Nugget couldn't wait to come and tell me. Macca, Macca, you're you're the first clip, and it was me. This picture, freeze frame of me, and it was uh, oh, it was me. Oh, that was it. Um, 
yeah, it was, uh, what do they used to call it? Um, something to do with the rook. I cleared the rook wrong and uh, Nugget was dying, oh, dying to tell your me. Barrels, your barrel. No, it wasn't was a barrel. Wrong. It was, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Entry, your gate. When you, when you chicken winging, when you clear with, <laughs> clear with your elbow. Uh, you do outlaw. shoulder charge. Yeah, an outlaw. It was an outlaw, clear of the rook. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. so I was there. We were waiting for like half an hour, uh, waiting for the review. And I was just like, oh, I'm first clip. So brilliant. Yeah, so. And what did he say to you? Like, um, no, no. The thing with Joe is, is uh, it's his criticisms, you know, it's, it's actually really good. He's not a screamer or shouter. He just he just makes you feel like you're really letting the team down. And you know, he has a very good way of doing that, and obviously bringing out the best in the, best in the players. So uh, I think you know what yeah. I loved about him, and I think it's he comes up. He'll come up a lot, I think, over the course of the show because he's such an interesting character, um, and he's such a big part of why Ireland and, and Leinster have been so successful the last couple of years. But um, I loved the way he was always able to relate back a mistake that you had made in the game to a few key principles that he's picked out for. You might have three key principles or whatever, three or four things he's saying, we want to be about this, we want to be about this, we want to be whatever it is, the most ruthless. Um, you know, all these, he has a few things, not going to give the whole thing away, but he's able to relate back an incident like, say, uh, Mike's one there, or say an incident where, you know, I've, I've, shut off for a second in the backfield when I'm on the wing covering, I'm supposed to be covering a kick and I'm in the wrong position. I've shut off for a second. He's able to say, oh, are you being, you know, as ruthless as possible in this scenario? He's always, it's brilliant. And it, I thought he was great at being able to do that. And it meant that these kind of key things, you always were thinking about them. Everything you did, you were to say, oh, I can remember them easily because there's only three or four of them. And they relate to pretty much everything we do. And I know that he's going to pull me up on it because he's so vigilant and he spots everything, you know. Yeah, Mike, when you made the move from Connacht to Leinster, would Joe have been a reason for that or would he have talked to you in the build-up to that? Yeah, no, I... I <laughs> which which, which <laughs> group, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Joe, Joe, Joe signed me. Joe, yeah, I remember I went to me. Well, you see, first of all, I, I nearly joined when... I'd actually agreed to join when Sean Cronin and Fionn Carr joined. So... You know, I'd gone down to meet uh, Guy Joe and John O'Gibbs, and yeah, that's probably why I didn't get picked too much after that. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, so I'd agreed verbally to to join, and then uh, went back and kind of discussed it with Connor. And they did you discuss you, it, or was there a war room? Uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of um, yeah, a few, few people getting a bit emotional. So I uh, anyway, I ended, up, I ended up I ended up staying, and um, you know, and I, I love my time at Connor. I've yeah. got some great friends still there, and uh, very happy memories there, and. Um, but you know that I, I nearly did join when Sean. Um, it's, it's, off the back of that though, I remember talking about this. You, you were obviously you came to Leinster. Yeah, yeah, but obviously you know Connacht have gone on to be like obviously yeah. under Pat Lamb's stewardship, they went on to be really successful. Yeah. But they haven't really had any success up until that point. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, Mike, I, you were coming to I suppose yeah. get it maybe you know because Leinster had won a Heineken Cup in two thousand nine. They'd won another one two thousand eleven. This would have been around the end of two thousand eleven that you were making this deal to yeah. come, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, I stayed, but and we went on a fourteen match losing run. So <laughs> you guys went on a Heineken Cup. But, uh, well, you won a Heineken, like yeah. so. And then and then I left Connor, and they got really good once I left. So yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I there's feel something. Like you're the common denominator. Well, I think so. There yeah. was a pro twelve yeah, win in there at least. Though, yeah. So. yeah, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. was something. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, maybe since I'm gone, everything's better. So. <laughs> I doubt that, yeah, Mikey, yeah, no. Yeah. But I think that it, 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 that's a yeah. fairness, that's a funny yeah. enough story. It was yeah, yeah. just really unlucky yeah. in that. But I suppose you did have, you you won a Pro 12 with, with Leinster, yeah. uh, two of them maybe? Yeah, uh, Pro one? 12 with Leinster, won a Premiership with Wasps, although they didn't play in the final. Still got a medal. Still got a medal. Um, same, same also, I got a couple of uh, Six Nations medals, but didn't, again, play in the last uh, game. Uh, so <laughs> when you were at Wasps, Scotland would have been over the team? Yeah, yeah, no, man. When I think back to the, the coaches I've played under, some amazing coaches, you know, I had Wasps, I had War uh, Nigel Melville, Warren Gatland, uh, you know, went to Connor had uh, Eric Elwood, Dan McFarlane, Newcastle had Rob Andrew, 
Um, then came to Lens. So obviously had Matt O'Connor. What was uh, Rob Andrew Joe, like? Do you mind me asking? Uh, did you have much contact with him as a forward? No, no. I, he was well. He, you know, he signed me and brought me over. So I had him for my first two years, and I thought he was he was great. You know, real yeah. expansive game, and because uh, he's I kind think, of an interesting character. Yeah, isn't he? I mean, like, he, in he's kind yeah, of he had a kind of a, an upper role in management yeah, in the RFU. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Right. It, I remember. It, yeah, no, he he could lose the plot as well because he you know he's a real nice guy, but he could lose the plot. I remember him kicking kicking the ice bucket in the change room and breaking. <laughs> he broke his toe. So, but he, he was he. Was like poker face when he did it, yeah. and then we didn't realize he'd broken his foot. Oh, you have to! It's one of those yeah, scenarios yeah. where you know we're in a fight and you do something yeah, silly, and yeah. you're like, "Oh my god, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't yeah. show any weakness." Tell me a bit about Warren Gatlin because this would have been yeah. so that was what year? 2000, 2000. So he he'd only been sacked by Ireland about a year yeah. previous. So this was kind of him rebounding and kind of building this great yeah. career he's had. So how did you find him? At, this is kind of him on the way back up. Yeah, I I, I found him fantastic. He's um like I know he would have changed a hell of a lot because this is over, you know. 15 years ago, whatever, but uh, he, I just remember him being, uh, you know, pretty hard nosed, um, you know, wanted a tough physical forward pack and um, he was real, really honest, really honest guy. And, you know, he didn't say too much. He's one of those guys who didn't say too much. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, Martin Johnson, they said he didn't say too much, but what he did, when he did speak or what he did say, he listened to. And that's what I felt with, with, with Gats. I thought, I thought when he spoke, he, and he really good motivator as well. Was Edwards there at the time as well? Or did he come? Yeah. Yeah. Later? Sean Edwards. What yeah. did you make of him? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, Luke's had some dealings with him as well. I actually, do you know what? I really like him. Yeah. I do. Despite what, like I, I thought I got fairly shafted on one occasion in the Lions, but they were going to drop me. So I thought it was a nice tee up for them to be kind of theatrical. And he's no better man. Um, you know, he's great at that stuff as well. Um, but he was really good. Like he's kind of like, um, I, I'd say he's a bit rawer than an Andy Farrell. I'd say he's probably a bit more polished now yeah. coming towards the, the ladder. You know, as I think even age does that to a guy like him. Yeah. But I thought he was brilliant. Well, he like, did he phenomenal really, work at Wasps. Ah, well. phenomenal. Well, he's done so phenomenal work yeah, with Wales. Like, he, we, have to, we have to remember that. I think that. he's the one that brought the blitz defence in in mm. the yeah, reunion. Yeah, he came yeah, into yeah. Wasps and, you know, that, that getting really good line speed was, you know, his big thing. And, yeah, you know, yeah. every, you know everyone's doing it now. But, uh, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great fella, but, uh, you know, a bit, bit of a madman as well. And, you know, you'd be, I remember you'd be walking down the corridor and, you know, you walk past him and say, you all right, Sean? And you walk past him and you just hit. <laughs> he, he's, he looked around and he's like shadow boxing down the, <laughs> down the, down the corridor. And then, and then like you might be in the middle of your gym session and he'll, say, he'll just walk past you and say, here, hold that, will you, mate? And he give you a medicine ball and he starts like pounding the medicine ball. And you're like, like it's, uh, yeah, but no, he's a great, he's a great yeah, fan. He's a yeah. lot of fun as well. It kind of gets lost in the kind of intense persona that he puts yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Like I've met him a few times after the Lions. He couldn't have been a nicer bloke. And I had a bit of a bust up with him before, I think it was before he went on the Lions. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to get me off. I was practicing kicking before the match in 2009, the Grand Slam match over in Millennium. Yeah. And um, it was only after the game I'd kind of considered it. I was like, you know, he told me to, you know, you need to get get off our side. And I told him where to go uh, in... Colourful language. Colourful enough language. Uh, and we had, a, you know, there's a bit of back and forth and I just kept kicking away anyway. Um, and uh, I kind of was after the match we were all kind of you know you're celebrating it was going mad I was like Jesus. my life chances I was like yeah well obviously everyone was thinking about it that year and I was yeah. like oh he played all the matches for Ireland we'd done well I was like oh you know I'm pretty sure everyone on the team has a good chance of going I was like shit I was like <laughs> I just ruined it with one of the coaches so it was kind of a trailing thought that and I was like oh I wish I hadn't done that but anyway he's, uh, he's the kind of guy who doesn't mind that he, actually oh, he's, well, he's the only coach I've ever been in a nightclub with who's been pepper sprayed out of the place because we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're in Paris or something like, and I think sort of like something kicked off this years ago and 
I can't remember, it was outside and the bouncers, uh, is it like mace spray or pepper oh, spray? Oh, whatever yeah. it is, like yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, uh, he was trying to look after one of the lads who'd got, you know, filled in by someone, but uh, <laughs> it was a surreal experience with one of your coaches. Yeah. Like, so. Well, he's a hardy book in fairness. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Another player I'd like to get your opinion on is obviously you played for Newcastle a few years. Johnny Wilkinson would have been yeah. there at the time, you know, obsessive trainer, yeah, attention yeah. to detail. How did you find working with him? Yeah, he's, uh, he, he kind of gave me that... Um, show me what you know professionalism is i mean he used to turn up to the club when you when he pulled into the falcons car park you could just see through the through the stands you could see the pitch and you know a lot of the time the forwards being would be in first for an early gym session or whatever and you know every every day you pulled in johnny's out there kicking um and he actually had to cut down his kicking because of his you know he's overdoing it and he hurt his groin i remember when i left falcons after three years and i went uh, back to connor we our first pre-season game was against uh, Munster, so we were training at um, the university uh, in Munster in uh, UL. UL, yeah, week, we yeah. were training at UL, and we had a we had a morning session and we had an afternoon session. It was lashing down with rain, so we had our morning session, probably an hour, hour and a half, pretty tough session. Then we had a break, so we all went in to to have lunch. Um, but Johnny stayed out kicking in the lashing down rain, didn't even go in for for lunch. His brother was playing for the team as well. Took him out some sandwiches. Like, he wouldn't even come in, and I, this is honestly true, wouldn't even come in to have lunch, stayed out kicking in between sessions and then did the, did the afternoon session. Sure, it was, it was, yeah, I know, yeah, it absolutely like, is. Well, I think he figured that out. It's yeah, kind of what I was yeah. talking to you about myself. I would have been on, I wouldn't have been, like, not nowhere near that bad. Um, but I would have probably, I'd say, on the edge of over 20, especially when I first came in. Um, and off the back of that, I, I learned to kind of relax and train smarter, you know, and I spent more time doing things that got me on the pitch than actually like really trying to find like I, I found little edges that I could work really hard on but I ended, I ended up kind of managing my body and I think he ended up kind of doing that in Toulon yeah, you saw him get a far say, better yeah. understanding of how his body was supposed to work and how much training yeah. but, he needed to well, do to get on the pitch yeah. which is essentially yeah. the main thing with the job I talked to him once and he told me that when he got his neck surgery after the World Cup in 03 the day after the surgery he was in a neck brace on a, on a bike, like, you know, in the gym. Like, that's... But that's, that's idiotic, that's though. Insane, that is, no... Yeah. It, that, and he didn't go back. He didn't play for England again for, like, but, three years. Like, but yeah. you, say, you say that about going to France, you know, people say how physical the league is and how mm. tough it is. But then you look at, like, some of the players who've gone there and prolonged their careers. Mm. Johnny Wilkinson, Simon Shaw... Uh, the big prop Sheridan, remember him? He was yeah, yeah, yeah. he had loads yeah. of injuries. Back his bow, Sally Williams. Oh, second yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. Thompson came back out of retirement from a neck uh, injury. Remember, he played with Breve for a few yeah. years. Um, yeah. the, the hooker, Steve uh, Thompson. Steve Thompson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, we yeah, played yeah. him a few yeah. times. Breeze, yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, like there is there is scope to do that. And I think with with sometimes over there they're probably a bit more relaxed on the musculation as they call oh, it. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I think weights is optional. And yeah, all yeah, I was going to say training wise, like I wonder if it's. What, what it's like in terms of their workout I think versus the an real, Irish team. The real challenge is that they, they don't do the loading very well. That's all the feedback I've got from everyone who's going over is that you could have two hour sessions before you, you know, before, uh, you know, every day or two and a half hours where you're on your feet. They would never do that. You'd be max, you know, 70 minutes or, you know, between what? 70 and 90 minutes in a, in a, in a session. And that's re 90 minutes is people are going, like your, your strength and conditioning coach is saying, or they should be saying, yeah. get the lads off yeah. the pitch now. Yeah. You're making my job worse and you're not you're going to affect the team not maybe this week but the week after the injuries really are going to mount up here so that they don't have that in France and you see that you don't see it I don't think uh, with injuries as such I think the guys get really battle hardened but yeah. you do see a detraining effect with them and yeah. it works for some people I think yeah. as well like I said yeah. lots of people have, it's worked really well for but on the on the whole that's the challenge over there like they'll do an hour on their feet yeah. the day of the game like or the Mads, day before the game I saw Mads in the summer he said, uh, "He said that's what he found really difficult. Obviously, you know, 
playing in Ireland with Leinster or what you know with the provinces where you have the GPS, you you know you monitored how far you're running. And you know the sessions cut short when you've reached. Could be training in the house down, and they yeah. pull you off the pitch. Won't yeah, they? Mad said it was just like you know they're just they flog no, you. They had no idea how far yeah. they're running, but it was they were doing like half marathons on a Monday and Tuesday, like. So. Yeah. Just before we wrap up, Mike, I'd just like to get your opinion on the current crop of second rows in Leinster. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of buzz about James. That is Ryan. a good question. I'm interested. Yeah, in yeah a lot of buzz about yeah. James Ryan. In particular, yeah. I don't know how much you you know. I know he was yeah. injured last year, so yeah. I don't know how much you know about yeah. him. Or are you excited about him as everyone else is? Oh, hugely. Yeah, I mean, I saw him come on. You know, he had he. He got his Irish cap before uh, playing for Lens, I think, like like the same as Drico. <laughs> yeah, so he's probably gonna and Michael Band. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Bent, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I saw, I watched that Dragons game and yeah, he came on. He, he was absolutely unbelievable. And, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a huge, he's a big man. And that's probably why Joe did cap him before he played club level because he sees the potential in him, the size of him. He's a, he's a specimen. Yeah. Um, very tall and, you know, he, he had to bulk up, put a bit of weight on his frame. So I was in, you know, obviously being injured last season a lot, and he had the hamstring injury. So he was in the gym bulking up, and uh, I, yeah, he he bulked up a lot and put a lot of size on, and he's very strong. Um, and yeah, he's got a he's got a, a really bright future, and um, you know, he'll do it the right way as well. Yeah. Comes from good stock, um, you know, really good, good, good grounded guy, you know. Yeah. And I think as well, um, that that is kind yeah. of key. And he's actually surrounded yeah. with a group of guys. Uh, you know, your Ross yeah, Maloney's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nine oh, Michaels guys in the squad who went over. Terrible, terrible. The, yeah, the place has gone to the yeah. dogs and well, stuff like that. He, he wants to ask questions and be better at yeah. you know, like young age. He's been a good group, you know, though, I think, to do yeah, it. And yeah. Dev will be a found for him. Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. Dev's been a mainstay in the Irish yeah, team for yeah, yeah. five or yeah, six years yeah, now, yeah, you know. Yeah. Guys like that will be invaluable yeah, to, yeah. to... Scott the, Fardy as well. Scott Fardy, of course. You know, lots of guys, I think, are... And obviously, he would have been asking lots of questions of you as well, Mikey. You know, I think... He was asking me about sacking moles, and that's you're pretty good at that, though. That's about the only thing I can contribute. But uh, yeah, he was asking me about that. But uh, yeah, no, there's like Mick Carney as well. Mick, Mick Carney, Mick, of course. Uh, Ian Nagel, who's very unfortunately uh, got injured there. So I know Nags was meant to be involved in these games in South Africa. So he's yeah. hugely good at. He's had a bit of bad luck, hasn't he? I, think, oh, he I feel has, like yeah. he's a guy who we were hugely excited to to kind of nab him. He kind of yeah. he had retired for a year. Obviously, super bright. He was over yeah. in Cambridge yeah. doing a doing an MBA. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing hanging around with the rest of us. I remember him once at Dragons. I think I was. Driving him up the wall, <laughs> but like Nags is like a, a guy who I've only had a small bit of contact with, but really good bloke, very liked in, yeah. in the setup, works unbelievably hard. Uh, got kind of man, weird, he hasn't really got many opportunities. He, he got that man of the match, didn't he? Against Munster, was it Munster versus Australia? Australia yeah. 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 Against Australia, when he got man of the match, yeah, they beat him. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's a big bloke, and you know, Mick Carney, uh, Reese Rullock can play in the rows, an uh, absolute unit. Yeah, the um, man child. <laughs> the man child, yeah. And then Scott Fardy's coming, he looks like he's, he he's really looks, good. I, yeah. like, I, like, the, the I lads, think he looks like a real Rolls he, Royce. Uh, the lads say he like, speaks very well in the meetings and stuff, so yeah. he's going to be a good leader for them, definitely. Yeah, well, he looks as well. What, what yeah. I really liked about the bit I've, saw, I've seen of him, sorry, um, so far this year is. You know, a lot of guys, and, and you'll probably notice it as well, Mikey, you know, I think when Southern Hemisphere teams come up here, the idea, well, a lot of Northern Hemisphere teams would probably try and slow the game down and maybe think that we might have the edge in our front five here. We'll try and squeeze them out of it. Squeeze! Squeeze! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. But, uh, sorry, uh, I'm after losing my train of thought. No, but I think, uh, you know, the thing with Fardy is, what, what I've seen so far is, he doesn't, he's not... Like he can do the expansive stuff. That well, he's he a back row at heart. Yeah, like but to, back but to survive, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. in Southern Hemisphere, you have to have good ball handling skills. He looks like yeah, he can yeah. do that. 
but he makes good decisions as well. I saw him hang on to a few that I was thinking, oh, is this Southern Hemisphere boy going to try and throw this, the 50-50 or even less? Probably which a lot of yeah, yeah, well, they do have, there yeah. is that kind of element to it. Uh, but he looks to me like he's really suited to it. He looks like a smart player. Yeah. Great to hear that, that you obviously yeah. been talking to the lads and they like him as well. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he's a great influence on some of the young talent that we've got yeah, coming he's up. He's skilled in the, in the dark arts as well, isn't he? He's absolutely knows of the breakdown, isn't yeah, he? So he looks he's good, very good at slowing the ball down. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I know he'll be a great signing for them. Well, on that note, we'll finish up. Thanks so much, Mike, for joining us, and thanks, Luke. No, thanks Mac very Daddy. much for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. <laughs> really, really have enjoyed it. Uh, really can't thank you guys enough. Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, no, thanks really for coming it. in because, no like, problem. I know you're obviously you're in the middle of, of uh, you know getting getting on your feet. I suppose after after retiring, same as myself. So yeah. uh, I know it's uh, it can be a, a tough time to come in, and you're saying like, I'm sure you've done so many interviews afterwards, saying, oh, I you know. Talking about your injuries, talking about yeah, all this. Perhaps won't leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Thanks, Luke. I'm now joined on the line by Irish Independent Rugby correspondent Rory O'Connor. Rory, it's been a very unusual tour. Uh, you know, there's obviously been the on-pitch matters, but then off the pitch you had the visa issue. Then you had Keen Healy with his laptop. Uh, I wonder how much light you can shed on it because a lot of people are pretty perplexed by it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the tour that keeps on giving, really, because you know coming down here, I really. Uh, you know, these pro 14 weeks can be fairly, uh, fairly dull. I was wondering what I was going to be filling pages with, you know. Um, not a lot of stars on the Leinster squad, not many kind of recognizable names in the South Africans. You know, there was no one at the match on Saturday, and um, you know, you were wondering why you'd be scratching around and you know, looking for looking for things to write about. And then, you know, this, <laughs> this piece of gold drops in your lap. <laughs> yeah, between the visa gate last week and, and then this, look, it seems to be. Much ado about nothing. Um, while it's very interesting, you know, what I report is, is what I know that you know. Keen Keen Healy was watching this, watching the match on the laptop. A warning went up on the plane. You know, as it does on, on most flights, saying put it away. He didn't hear it. I think he had earphones in, but I'm not sure. The staff were going there and warning people about um, you know put your phones away and stuff. But hadn't talked to him. There was uh, basically he was to the surprise of everyone around him, he was asked to, asked to leave the plane because his laptop was still out. Um, you know, apologies are made afterwards on, on both sides, to my knowledge. Um, and look, it's one of those stories that probably, and he, sorry, he was booked on the same airline about two hours later and the police weren't involved. So it's one of those stories that invites everyone to kind of go, ah, look, there's definitely more to this, but I'm not sure how much more there is to it, but it's uh, certainly kept things interesting for me over here, which is uh, which was no harm. It keeps me plenty of things to write about anyway. Yeah, and one of the things you have been writing about is Leinster's game against the Southern Kings on Saturday. And, and that's actually your Twitter feed that I was following and kind of, it was, getting, it was a bit of dark comedy there because you were kind of chronicling the uh, the fairly sparse attendance, the kind of eerie atmosphere, I think you called it. We talked last week about how we were hoping the South Africans coming back home might give them a bit of impetus. The on-pitch thing, I guess, they only lost by, I think, 20 points, so that wasn't too bad, but it was just the whole atmosphere and the lack of an actual crowd there was just, it was very dispiriting. It was. It was very disappointing. Um, this is new, and I think we all wanted to succeed because I think we recognise that this is a rugby mad country that has a lot of potential for for the pro like the pro fourteen struggles at times. We saw on Friday night that Ulster Scarlets game. I watched it in Port Elizabeth. It's one of the beauties of South Africa. You know, there's rugby on nonstop, and it's from all over the world. I watched Ulster beat Scarlets. Great game. Really good atmosphere. You know, really, you know, a great advertisement for the league. And then a couple of you know. The next morning, watch the box getting hammered, which obviously took the sting out of a lot of people's rugby day. So people might have been thinking about going to the match, then got a bit, you know, peed off, and, and it was lashing rain in Port Elizabeth on Saturday morning as well. So there was a couple of factors at play, but at the same time, you, 
very difficult to defend the crowd that was there. Um, official attendance, 3,011. Certainly when the teams come onto the pitch, it was well shy of that. And that's when I tweeted that picture that kind of went around quite quite a lot. It did, Viral it sensation. Did I, I, don't, I don't think you'll be making it to any Where's Wally books anyway. It was uh, it was fairly easy to pick out the people. And, uh, yeah, well, like I, I think we all can accept, though, that, like, and you touched on it there, I think it's a, like, it's such a big opportunity. What is there, like, um, look, last time I, I, I looked this up, it looks like there's about 36, 36 million people living in South Africa, give or take, maybe a few million here. Oh, yeah, give or take yeah. a few million. So, um, yeah, if you, look, I'm not, we're, we're not exactly sure of the numbers here, uh, Rory, but I think there's a huge opportunity here if they can get it right. Now, look, it's a first go around at it. I think we all can agree, and, and I think they, Pro 14 have said that it's been fairly thrown together. Uh, it was a last-minute yeah. deal. So it's a big opportunity here. I think, that it, look, if you look at the guys, uh, and it's one of the things that, as a, from a player's perspective, is it's a great place to tour. You know, they get to see somewhere yeah. different. Uh, I think once they get things a little more solidified and hopefully the teams get a little bit better, maybe they can draw a bit more of a crowd to the stadiums, this could be a super place for all the supporters from all the provinces and from all the, you know, all the, the regions. And all. The, like Leinster are the marquee team in the league. This is the first time they're playing a home game, the Southern Kings, and they couldn't get more than maybe a couple of hundred people to turn I up. think it's probably a reflection on what's going on there at the moment. I think the timing obviously isn't great with there being championship on. Um, I do feel like the seasons that the, the Kings had, um, you know, it wouldn't lead you to think that it's going to be any, you know, much competition. And Leinster brought a very weakened team and there wasn't much competition there. So I think people will say, look, I think we have to give them time to get in their feet is the key point here. Uh, yeah. And wh while we can be disappointed that in a place that's as rugby mad as South Africa, you know, that's, you know, I think we still have to give them time. You know, I think that's the key kind of point in that is that we, you know, we expect them to be better because they're from this place, but, you know, they're still getting on their feet, I think. Yeah, Rory, are you expecting it to be a different story uh, in, in Cape Town or in Bloemfontein against the uh, Cheetahs? Will there be a bigger crowd there? Will there be a better performance? I know the Cheetahs and Seabray played out a super rugby-esque, I think, of, what, a 79-point thriller, so maybe it could be a bit better. No, I think it will be, and I think, you know, I, I would agree with Luke. Look, I think this has been rushed. I wonder if they should have waited another year, you know, giving them the time to get the infrastructure in place, in particular the Kings. Look, there's no sponsor the behind the scenes is a bit of a mess. They have a very impressive CEO, but the team behind them isn't there. And the Pro 14 really weren't out in force selling this last week. So, look, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of factors. I would. I, I'm quite positive about the whole thing in terms of the idea. The execution hasn't been great so far, but I do want it to succeed. You know, no one's. I wasn't delighted. I was. You know, no one was happy with the crowd last weekend. No one was kind of celebrating this. Like no one wants to see this fail. And mm. um, look, the, the Bloemfontein game on Saturday night between Cheetah or the Cheetahs and Zebra was was an all-time classic, uh, if you don't like. Harlem <laughs> uh, Globetrotters-esque. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. Like, like, you know, tackling wasn't, tackling was probably as good as you see in a J4 pitch on a Saturday, but, you know, it was, it was exciting. It was, it was like, it, you know, the, the, the Cheetahs went for it. Zebra went, it looked like a super rugby team. It was great fun. Leinster shut them down, um, but it will be a bigger occasion. There's a, it's a double header. There's a Curry Cup game on beforehand. That'll bring the locals out because they're quite passionate about the Curry Cup rugby. They're the champions. So I think the fact that there's two games on, it's more of Heartland, um, the Cheetahs. They're more of an established team, an established brand. They're, they give it a go. They've run a lot of good Super Rugby teams in 60 minutes with you know scoring tries and all that sort of stuff. But I think if you watch Saturday morning's game, the uh, chief culprit for uh, South Africa against New Zealand was Raymond Rule. And uh, it's no surprise that he comes from the Cheetahs. I think he missed something like nine tackles. Uh, <laughs> 
culture that, that they're, they're, I don't know what they're doing up there in their defence work or who the defence coach is, but, uh, you know, it, it, you wouldn't be writing home about it. You wouldn't be... Uh, I'm not sure, Ra- I'm not sure Rassi will be keeping them on. <laughs> <laughs> they're loose, they're really loose. They have a go, but Leicester will have a lot of joy. You, you know, you, Luke would enjoy playing in it himself. It, like, I think there'll be a lot of tries on Friday night. It's that altitude, hard ground, fast track. Should be a better crowd. I think it'll be a better occasion. So, it's, so, it's one to look forward to. And, you know, the Cheetahs, as I say, more established. So hopefully they'll they'll be able to bring more to the party, you know, quicker. And especially when they get, you know, over this Super Rugby, uh, sorry, this doubling up of the, the Curry Cup and the fact that they have about, I think, nine members of the, of the Springbok squad. So, you know, they're stronger. They have more players to call on. So um, they have a couple of real flyers that they're worth looking out for. I think people will enjoy this game on Friday night. Yeah, obviously the South African tour has gotten the most of the attention with the matches as well and obviously the off-field stuff. But you mentioned the Ulster Scarlets game, which was a cracker. Like the Scarlets came with a really strong team, Liam Halfpenny back at full-back. And Munster also dug out a really impressive win against the Ospreys at the Liberty Stadium. So the Irish provinces have actually started really well. Have you been impressed with any players in particular? Um, players, not well. I haven't to be honest. I, I didn't see Munster because uh, it, it clashed with the Leinster game, so I, I have to confess that. Um, not so much from a player's perspective. I thought Ulster were really impressive, given the names that they were missing um, and the strength that Scarlets brought with them. Um, McCluskey played very well. Uh, a couple of others, you know, really showed their hand. But I think as a collective, you know, you question sometimes Ulster, Ulster's collective and and their their desire and their ability to get out of sticky situations, and that's what's kind of cost them and you know they had an excuse on on friday night and they they didn't let it get to them they didn't use it they uh beat the best team in the league currently uh who played quite well and they did it you know in a in a clutch situation so that's that's got to be good for them it's very very early days uh you know once they're going in the ospreys but the ospreys i think are pretty poor this season so far um, interesting to see oh, Rory it's in, like I mean I think on the Ulster stuff um, I think they're far better equipped I think John O'Gibbs is a really astute acquisition what did he um, bring? just my own experiences with him he will bring a really hard edge uh, I'm sure he's learned a huge amount over in, in Claremont as well the last couple of years I think he'll also be able to attract in a couple of key guys and he'll recognise what the pack needs and that for me is kind of the key thing with Ulster I mean it, it's a Rolls Royce of a back line uh, they've got huge atta- they're kind of brimming with attacking talent um, you know and they have actually, you know, they have reserves who are, you know, from the, from, you know, behind the first team who are super talented. You know, it's not that's never been the issue for Ulster in, in the last couple of years. I just feel like they're probably since John Afoa has left, uh, since Muller's left, they just look like they're lacking just a little bit in, in, in. And I think Nick Williams as well is probably worth to mention. They look like they're lacking just a little bit in the pack to me, uh, and they look like they got the balance a little bit wrong in terms of like I thought the huge amount of the burden kind of fell on Ian Henderson to carry, uh, to, to carry ball for them last year, and I didn't really see outside of him and who in the pack was really going to get them go forward from sticky situations whereas you look at a Leinster or a Munster uh, and even Connor to a certain extent um, you know they have lots of ball carriers who can get them over the gain line if things are if they can hang on to the ball and be accurate at ruck time they will get go forward eventually because they have the runners I didn't really feel that with Ulster outside of Ian Henderson I didn't like who do you who do you get the ball to um, and I think like, you know, like someone like John O'Gabes is a guy who'll be able to bring a hard nosed edge to that pack uh, and I think bring that, that team forward also very interesting John Cooney a guy who was kind of shunned uh, you know I suppose in Leinster 
very very talented um, you know obviously went well down in Connacht he's a versatile guy as, as we can so see. many opportunities now that Pienaar has gone absolutely you know and I think as well with Paddy Jackson being out for the year that's a, that's a thing that you know that that's a big opportunity for John to fill as well and I think he'll have a good um, you know running mate there with Lele Afano uh, who looks like a really good player and he looks like he's kind of well you know it's probably too early to tell if he's really you know if he's going to be really good in, in, in the winter here but he, he, I, I like some of the things I saw so some nice kicks in behind uh, the Scarlets even though they had half penny at full back so you know that you know if you can find space behind him, uh, you know you you must be doing something right. But he was seeing those opportunities. Until he played the, the the game really well. Good to see those guys going. John Cooney's a guy because I mean that's scrum half. Uh, you know I think we have some guys coming up, but you know to 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 really challenge the likes of a Connor Murray. Uh, you know it's good to see a few guys now that look like they might be on the edge of that. I think Luke McGrath looks like he's playing some really good rugby. But John Cooney is a guy who's come under the radar and could be one of those guys. Yeah, Rory, what have you made of John Cooney's development since he joined Ulster? I know it's a couple of games in, but he seems to be playing pretty sharp. I've always liked him as a player, um, and I've always wondered, you know, what he'd have to do to kind of get the breakthrough. You know, he, he probably was unfortunate with his timing at Leinster, plus Luke McGrath, I think, was, was pretty higher rated within the academy, so he knew he was getting squeezed there. But, you know, I think if he'd hung around, he probably they wouldn't need to go for Jameson Gibson Park. Then he went to Connacht, but Kieran Marmion was there. But I always liked him as a player. And I think that that one too with Lady Fano really seems to be working. To be honest, I never really got Lady Fano when he was playing for Australia. But I've been so impressed with the way he finds space uh, with Ulster on Friday night. Like he just knew where it was every time. And it didn't matter the quality of the pass, he'd shovel it out. It, it might hit the deck before it got there. But when the player picked it up with his, on his bootstrings, he had space in front of him. And I was really, really impressed with that. Like I, I finally kind of saw by coaches that picked him consistently for Australia over the years. I mean, his story is unbelievable. Coming back from his leukemia and everything like that is, is so impressive. So there's a lot to build on there for Ulster. And yeah, I think Luke's right. I think Cooney's going to come into the Ireland reckoning very soon. And just the last word, I know Munster, you know, we, Rory said he didn't see the game, but I watched it myself. They're, you know, they've actually been quite successful at the Liberty Stadium the last few years, but they trounced uh, the Cheetahs and Treviso. So it was good for them to actually put down a marker against the top team. Yeah, well, look, I think Munster, I mean, look, they're obviously in a difficult situation in terms of, of Razzie Especially because if they had had a few poor results at the start. The I, pressure would really, really exactly. build, you know, and I think uh, it is a bit sad for them that, look, you can see that they've built on something, they have something good there, and the leader of this kind of, you know, I suppose, movement back to, you know, what looks like they're very, very, they're on the cusp of, you know, obviously they're really close last year in, in the Pro 12 final. Uh, well, well, not very well. close, but they got there. <laughs> they got there. <laughs> Closer uh, than Lancer, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, they got to the final. I think that's an improvement for them. Um, they look like they're going in a good direction, is, is the point. And I think the guy who's leading that and who's been able to make, you know, affect some change, uh, Razi Erasmus, is now going back to South Africa. Good news for them from the looks of him. He looks like he's a, he's a really good coach and a really good manager. Um, so that's the one thing hanging over their season, I suppose, that he's leaving in the middle of it. But aside from that, uh, they've got lots of leaders, uh, lots of guys with extra experience. CJ Standard going on a Lions tour. He'll have learned things as long as he can stay fit off the back of a Lions year. Uh, I think he'll bring something extra to the setup. Um, a couple of guys, Andrew Conway looks like he's really fine in some good form. Um, I, I think they're in a good place uh, and I'm expecting them to mount a pretty good challenge and they got off to a good start so it's whether they can maintain it in that patch where Razzie's going to be leaving Yeah, last question Rory uh, you know, David Wessels has been uh, linked with the job another South African who's a friend of Razzie Erasmus is what do you, do you, do you, I don't know if you know anything about that or do you think he would be a good appointment? Certainly it seems to be coming quite strong from Australia and he has been in Limerick for, for an interview this week I don't I can't confess to know a huge amount about him but just having asked around a little bit this week the noises are good. Erasmus is, is kind of endorsed in publicly this week, and you would imagine he wouldn't have got an interview if, if, if Razzie didn't rate him at all. You know, they're obviously going to involve him in this process. So 
Um, you know, Razzie's judgment has been pretty good so far. So you'd have to trust him on this one. And, and you know, he's a very young young coach with a, with a good profile. He may be bringing Adam Coleman, the Wallaby lock with him as well, which would be a good thing for Munster's pack. Um, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like he's he's the right kind of guy, but I think we need to know a little bit more about him. But you know, I think the Razzie Erasmus endorsement will probably get him over the line if that's if that's what he wants to do. All right, thanks very much, Roy, for joining us. I really appreciate it. And that's all we have time for in the Left Wing Podcast this week. I'd like to thank Luke, Mike McCarthy, and of course Rory O'Connor out in Cape Town. If you'd like to subscribe to us, you can get us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or find us on independent.ie. We'll be back next Thursday with another great show for you. But until then, thanks so much for listening and goodbye.